The Bank of Canada raised interest rates again today. That's the seventh time they've done that this year. It's up another half percentage point to 4.25%. That's a full 4% higher than it was at the beginning of the year. It's the highest that it's been since January of 2008. Um, the only, well, perhaps the good news is, maybe we don't know yet exactly, is that there is some language in today's announcement that suggests this may be it. Here's Western University economics professor Stephen Williamson. You know, so so if you thought of oh, what what might be going on in the governing council, maybe this was kind of a, a way to compromise to say, okay, uh, why don't we why don't we put this language in the statement saying that we could be done now uh, that we're we're shifting the data dependency. Right, shifting to data dependency. Uh, the next announcement is in January, so the 1st of 2023. And this, of course, matters to all of us who have mortgages, whether they be fixed rate or variable rate and so on. Um, you know, the Bank of Canada does think that uh, these interest rate hikes, although they take a long time to make their way through the economy, they do think that they're driving down demand. We've certainly seen uh, demand for housing and housing prices start to soften quite considerably in places such as Toronto, although it's still higher than it was pre-pandemic, so it's hard to say exactly what the impact has been. But inflation is still very high, running up around 7%. Keep in mind, the Bank of Canada wants to drive it back down to closer to 2%, and we're really not there yet. So what next, and what kind of impact will this latest rate hike have on all of us? Don Drummond is a former uh, chief economist for TD. He's now the Stauffer Dunning Fellow and adjunct professor at the School of Policy Studies at Queen's University, and he joins us now. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. So uh, here we are, end of the year, uh, the seventh rate hike, uh, another 0.5%, which seemed, I guess, was some, perhaps somewhat higher than expectations, but uh, uh, maybe some light at the end of the horizon here for, for people waiting for this to stop. Well, we all spend so much time, maybe too much time, trying to read the tea leaves of their statements, and they're pretty cryptic. But this one is very different than the previous ones. The, the other ones made no mistake about it, that they were not done, and there was future interest rates to come. This time they said, "Well, we're thinking about it." It doesn't, it doesn't say it doesn't say there won't be more, but it didn't indicate this time that they're only thinking in one direction. They're thinking, you know, maybe that's enough. Uh, we'll wait. We'll see. We'll wait for more data. But of course, that never works out because the impact of the interest rate increase they just put in place today won't show up for another year or two. So it's not like you could sit around and wait to see if it's working. So in other words, even the interest rates they started, the hikes they started to impose earlier this year, the first ones still really haven't wound their way through the economy just yet. Well, and this is the terrible thing with monetary policy. Uh, you got lags in human behavior. and The, the lags will be W every time because who knows? We may look back in 10 years and maybe three and a half was enough, maybe four was enough. But in fairness to the Bank of Canada, they won't know that for another year or two. So you don't really know when to stop. And then human behavior kicks in. You have been criticized quite roundly for keeping interest rates too low for too long. So if you're going to make a second mistake, you probably don't want to make the same one twice in a row. So if anything, you're probably going to edge towards the risk of having increased too much. Because imagine how they would look if in a year or two from now, they had stopped the interest rate increases and inflation was still a big problem. And then people would be harshly critical and said, you make a mistake in 2020 and 2021, and you just continue the mistake in 2022. 4.25 is probably high enough, but 
again, we won't know. The economy is still, in both Canada and the United States, they're still producing fairly robust numbers. The labor market is still tight. Uh, we'll see whether that's going to be enough to turn it around. Bankers are human is what you're saying, Todd, of course. Uh, Ab- we- absolutely human and, and and dealing with a very imprecise policy tool. <laughs> you, you, you would like to have a policy tool in which you saw the results very quickly, and, and that is definitely not what you've got with monetary policy. We see some uh, some positive signs here, as you mentioned. The economy is still doing pretty well. Jobs numbers are still positive. And uh, according to the Bank of Canada today, at least, they are seeing a bit of what they're, they'd hope to see, which is uh, a drive down in demand because of these interest rates. Yeah, the demand softened a little bit. And you know, n- never have 39 million people in a kidney and been so well-versed in all the different ways you could measure inflation. <laughs> because, you know, it used to be the headline inflation was all anybody would look at. Now they're, again, reading through the tea leaves of these sub-indices of the Bank of Canada. What is it, excluding food and energy? The United States, uh, increasingly you get into the popular press, the consumption deflator, which I'm sure no one's ever paid any attention. But if you really look hard enough, inflation is moderating, but but still way above the targets of both the Federal Reserve Board and the Bank of Canada, but at least going in the right direction. Yeah, but sticky though, right? I mean, we if 2% is your target, more or less, I mean, it's still up around 7 and it looks like it's... Uh been stuck there for a while. I guess it may it may stay there for the time being, as you mentioned earlier, as these interest rate hikes work their way through the economy. And we still, you know, a year ago, we were at 0.25%. So this is still a relatively new monetary policy wise. This is still, we're still in the relatively early days of this. Yeah, at least there's some satisfaction that some things sometimes work the way they're supposed to work. Basically, the whole Bank of Canada model is where is the economy versus the level of potential output? Is there an output gap? The economy is underperforming the potential or is demand above the potential? And they have said for quite a while that demand is above potential. They still hinted at that in today's statement. And that should produce above acceptable rates of inflation. And it is. And then, of course, piled onto that is a whole bunch of special factors like the increase in food inflation or Russia's attack on Ukraine, what we're seeing on the energy prices, uh, the challenges of the global supply chain. So we have that basic bare bones potential demand being exceeded, which would generate inflation itself. And then we've got no shortage of special factors added onto that. Yeah, I, I guess the next uh, announcement comes in January. There's still expectations that maybe, just maybe, 2023 will begin the way 2022 has ended with yet another small hike. I guess if you're somewhat, if you're watching this closely, and you mentioned this earlier, of course, historically this is still even 4.5 percent. If it were to rise to that in January, is historically low. If I were at the Bank of Canada and I were not worried about this accusation that you've made the same mistake in the same direction twice, I would be inclined to pause at the 4.25 because I I think there's a reasonable argument that that is high enough, and then you have to be patient and wait for those lags. But but I get it at the when you get into human behavior and the like that is definitely you're going to be chewing on your nails waiting for that. And and with, with that great fear that it doesn't come down and then people will say, why in the world did you stop the interest rate increases? But it I wouldn't shock me if this is a pause and perhaps this is this is it. You know, they have said that their so-called neutral rate of inflation, of, of interest rate, one that's consistent with their 2% inflation target is 2 to 3%. And they're well above that. 
So if their models and their theories uh, work the way they think they do, this may well be enough. You said before, we focus too much on the increase. We should really be looking at what 4.25% means. And again, historically, not particularly high, but you know, housing prices are very high. People owe a lot. Uh, so it has its impacts. Well, I, and I'm very sympathetic for younger people because I will say that 4.25 is not particularly high from historical levels, but my memory goes back a long way. I mean, my first mortgage was a 17%. Uh, so right. full, disc- full disclosure, 1982, that's high in my definition. And that was a four-year rate. The one-year rates were over 20% at that time. That that was abnormal, but having interest rates at this level is quite uh, consistent with longer periods. My parents' generation, mortgage rates were legislated at 6%, and my generation right. thought that was a pretty good deal. But I get it. If you came into the home ownership um, arena in 2008, 2009, 2010, you've had your entire home ownership experience with rock bottom interest rates or rock bottom mortgage rates. And and people told you wrongly, as it turned out, that they may stay that way forever. And, and I get it. You became conditioned to think that was the normal, but that's not the normal. That was abnormal. It's relevant. It's a fairly extended period of these super lower interest rates, but there's nothing particularly high about today interest rates. But I get it. It's a shock from going from that low. And I get it. People that took very high mortgages, very large mortgages will, will be squeezed because of this. We're fortunate in Canada. We have stringent requirements. Those who don't have a big down to payment had to pass the so-called stress test. So they had to demonstrate that the financial wherewithal to withstand these type of mortgage rates. So hopefully we won't have big defaults. We have seen the housing market soften, but we haven't seen them collapse. The government of Canada is trying to get 500,000 new uh, immigrants into the country per year. So the demand for housing is going to be firm. And that doesn't mean that housing prices won't come down, but it doesn't suggest we're likely to see the kind of housing market crisis like we saw in the United States uh, in 2008 and 2009. So this might not end all that badly. No. And when one looks at uh, different things in place, I remember it in the UK, of course, where housing prices were very high, amortiz- amortization rates were much longer, right? I'm wondering, I'm, I'm seeing reports of that here as well, that uh, to try and soften the blow a little bit here, that the banks are looking for different ways to uh, to allow borrowers, at least mortgage holders, to try to adapt to what's happening without without the whole thing falling apart. Well, that's the part that people who haven't paid really close and attention to their variable mortgage rate may want to check that out because in some cases, the interest rates have a trigger point and people are having to make higher monthly payments. But for a lot of people, what's been happening is they've continued to make the same payments, but their amortization period has increased. And and in some cases, their amortization period right now may be over 100 years. Wow. Eventually, they get to the point that those original payments are not even covering the interest, never mind the principal. But a lot of people who have variable mortgage rates are not paying any principal down at this point, even if their payments haven't gone up. And of course, people at fixed mortgage rates who have come due are, are facing much higher rates. Again, not particularly high from a historical perspective, but I get it, the pain if you've had 1.65 of your mortgage rate for the last five years and you're facing something that's way higher than that, obviously that's very difficult. The bond market seems to think, at least that when it comes to something like fixed rate mortgages, that things are, uh, that we're plateauing here to a certain extent. 
Well, and that is the interesting thing. And of course, that that brings uh, the inversion of the yield curve into play, because there's a lot of people that have this knee-jerk reaction that the yield curve is inverted. In other words, short-term interest rates are above long-term interest rates. That's a re- so-called reliable predictor of recession. But it's sort of like our comment, you got to pay attention to levels, not just rates of change. Yes, we do have an inverted yield curve. Ten-year Government of Canada bond yields are below 3%. But the short-term interest rates aren't particularly high, and the long-term interest rates are, by historical standards, quite low. So I, I don't think that that automatically uh, suggested that's a predictor. When we've had inverted yield curves before, and we have had recessions following, we've had much higher short-term interest rates than we've got at the moment. That's a good thing, in a way, to have the longer-term bond yields somewhat lower because they they do form the funding uh, model for the fixed-rate mortgages. And we shouldn't forget about the people who have worked hard and may be fortunate to be in a net savings position because they're, they have been in a terrible position for the last 20 years that if you're investing your money in fixed-income bonds and guaranteed investment certificates and the like, the interest rates have been so low, they haven't even covered the rate of inflation. So now at least you can get guaranteed uh, GICs that are s- somewhat interesting for the first time in a very long time and some return for the hard work you put in to generate those savings. Yeah, I remember my grandma had GICs back in the day back in the day when they were quite valuable, but certainly not in my, in my adulthood. Don Drummond, as always, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome.